Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda's in Zephyr A, and I'm in Zephyr B. This is season 30 for me and season 26 for Amanda. And this is day seven of season 98. Our first question asks, uh, what county is the great patriot Fanny Willis the district attorney of? Uh, this is Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, I This was even more at the top of my mind uh this morning because it's just been a day or two since uh, a bunch of RICO indictments were handed down in Fulton County, though not by her office, um, for against a criminal conspiracy uh, involving protesters against uh, Georgia's new Cop City complex that's going to be right. in that area. Um, and it's just a ridiculous batch of nonsense designed to quell protests. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading a story that was very specific that Fannie Willis is not involved in this, even though it is from the same Fulton County grand jury that indicted huh. former President Donald Trump and 18 others for their unsuccessful attempt to steal the 2020 election. Okay. So, yeah, this was at the front of my mind uh, in the current events cycle. Uh, I believe I probably would have at least winkled it out of my brain uh, if that had not happened within the last couple of days, just because Fulton County, Georgia in particular is where these things were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I knew, I, I, I can think of like one other county in Georgia, so I might have briefly thought it was Cobb County and then thought, no, it's not that one, it's a different one. Um, but yeah, so this is a, a, a famous county where things are happening, as I often mm-hmm. say, uh, when it comes to American politics or history, anytime you hear the word county, there's about to be some effery going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, this one um, has just been all over my news feeds for months and months now. Um, and so it's a fairly Pavlovian um, answer for me. Just know that, that either I can think to myself, Fanny Willis is the DA of what county, and or else I can picture... You know, blah blah county district attorney Fannie Willis, and I will be able to think, oh, that's Fulton County, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, which I put down the state as well. Um, and yeah, this is just if you're a, a current events uh, person, then news about her uh, assembly of the uh, evidence against uh, the former president and his, dare I say, coronies. Um, in the election interference case has, has been very prominent. Um, and so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm honestly very glad she's there in that position to do that. I think she's, uh, um, you know, doing it out of a principled, uh, you know, and, and a, a principled reason, a respect for law and, uh, and so on. So I did know that this was Fulton County, Georgia. And that is correct. I just said Fulton. So. Oh, I'm sure that will be acceptable. Right. Since it does ask what county, I probably don't need to put it in. Yeah. In the answer. We'll see. Question two asks us for the English last name that is equivalent to the Spanish patronymic of Ibanez. So this one I just figured, uh, 
you know, what does this, what other uh, name does this word look like? Knowing what I do from, um, I guess, etymology and kind of the name equivalents across cultures. Um, it's something that's always been sort of interesting to me is how those things kind of, um, you know, fan out from their places of origin and get adopted by um, different cultures and how the spelling and the pronunciation may change somewhat, uh, but kind of there's an essence there that um, uh, is sort of common to them. And so when I look at this, I see I-B-A-N, that looks a lot to me like Ivan, which is one of the iterations of John, um, uh, along with Yuan, Evan, Ian, Jan, Johan, like there, there's just a million different, not a million, but every culture has a John equivalent in it. Um, I, I would have said it would be Juan for Spanish, you know, potentially, but this could be just another way of, of it coming to that, especially if it's coming as a patronymic or a, uh, a last name versus a first name. So, mm -hmm. um, I thought, okay, if this is the equivalent of John or, uh, or Ivan, then the equivalent in English would have to be something like Johnson, um, which, you know, I delightedly realized makes this uh, a lucky Johnson <laughs> answer in one of the most direct uh, ways that it possibly could. Um, and so I, I put Johnson down fairly confidently for this one, even though I definitely didn't know it outright. It was, it was mm -hmm. a more of a puzzle of, you know, what different name equivalents could be in different cultures. Okay. Uh, yeah, same. My, my path to it was much the same. Um, and the, the sheer fact that it was, uh, it was asked as the Spanish patronymic mm -hmm. Ibanez made me think, oh, okay, this is a surname that is going to be derived from the father's name. Right. So it's not going to be Brown or Smith or something like that. It's going to be something son you know, mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. of something. And uh, th and then looking at that, I thought, okay, Iban looks like Ivan. That is John. Wait a minute. Spanish, Spanish, uh, Equivalent of John is Juan, but could it be from that? Well, I mean, we got Ivan from John. Evans is from John. Sure, it could, you know, I guess that's just how they split off in Spanish. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one went with the J and one went with the I, V, or B in equivalent. So I will say Johnson. And that was the correct answer. Shout out to all you who just guessed it. <laughs> Um, question three asks us for the name of one of two British prime ministers of the late 19th century who were bitter political rivals and are the subject of a 2006 book. Uh, so all I could really latch on to here was British prime ministers of the late 19th century. Same. Uh, and I thought, okay, I feel like there was a Gladstone in that time. Uh, and then I thought, well, there was also... I think that was when Disraeli was prime minister. Like that was mm -hmm. far enough before like World War One thereabouts. So I couldn't, I, so I, I didn't know whether either of them had made it past the turn of the century, but I felt like they were both very 19th century sort of Victorian era. Mm -hmm. um, 
which I realized, you know, spreads even farther in both directions than just late 19th, but that they, they really kind of, uh, seem of that era in particular to me rather mm-hmm. than sort of the post Victorian or the world war two era or the, uh, you know, early industrial revolution type era. Um, so I just, and, and I just, I, I couldn't figure out which of them would have been English and which would have been Scottish. Mm. You know, as, as I, I kind of tried to convince myself, well, Gladstone sounds kind of vaguely more Scottishy. And of course, Disraeli was, as I, I, I believe was Jewish and therefore did not have a stereotypically English or Scottish name, uh, either of those. So I couldn't really, so I, I was like, well, you know, maybe he was, you know, a Jew from Edinburgh. Who knows? Mm. Um, and I, I was fairly convinced that at least one of them was going to be one of these, uh, but I couldn't latch on to which one necessarily it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just not quite coin flip, but just kind of thought I feel like Disraeli is much more if 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 I were told okay only one of these was actually in the Victorian era and you're just misremembering the other one, <laughs> which one are you more certain was in that late nineteenth? 19th century time and i thought disraeli was uh kind of more locked into that uh that precise time period in my mind so i'll say disraeli yeah this is where uh in in, uh thinking this through i'm just very relieved we didn't have to name both of them because i would have been sol um (laughs) if that was the case but luckily it was just kind of name a British prime minister of the late 19th century, a famous one that everybody probably, you know, knows of. And so that brings up Disraeli for me immediately. Um, But nothing else. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure he fits the bill if he's going to be, you know, worthy of having a a whole book or sort of a, a a half book, I guess, written about him and then the other half about the other guy, um, then Disraeli is certainly one of those um, high-profile British politicians mm. that, you know, you see referenced um, in passing a lot. Mm. So um, I certainly haven't studied this era of history, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, and so I, I semi-confidently put down Disraeli. And that was correct. As would have been Gladstone. Right. So that was most yeah, well of my morning you. trying to figure out which of those two <laughs> am I more certain of. Sure. So, oh, well. Question four asks us for a dystopian 1932 novel. And at this point, I filled in my answer and moved on to the next one. <laughs> uh, but it, it originates from a line spoken by Miranda in The Tempest. Right. Um, I, I, I feel like I've read this actual factoid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, dystopian novels of the first half of the 20th century is a pretty limited uh, range of works to choose from. Yep. Um, but I was pretty sure that I had, I remembered that Brave New World was from a Shakespeare uh, quote of some kind. Or at least, you know, if you asked me, was it the case that it was? I would have been like, sure. <laughs> um, and it. It's a thing, you know, again, it's not like I've studied this. I've, I've read about it in, um, you know, kind of in a glancing way. And 
um, if I am asked to say, okay, the name of the novel, well, there are, besides Brave New World, there's like 1984 and other Orwell works, um, which I I don't know if that would have been the year they were written necessarily. Um, but, you know, certainly I'm pretty sure Shakespeare did not in fact write about 1984 uh, or Animal Farm or, <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe The Lord of the Flies, but that was a bit later, I think. Um, but, you know, uh, Brave New World came to mind immediately and with kind of that uh, confident clarity that sometimes things do when mm -hmm. you're like, ah, yes, I'm I'm happy to be reminded of this fact that I read about um, that has got an interesting quirk to it being taken from Shakespeare and applied to um, this this well-known, you know, uh, novel, which I also have not read. Mm -hmm. uh, so I put down Brave New World. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there are two dystopian novels. Brave New World was published before World War II. Mm -hmm. 1984 was published after World War II. Uh, the way to keep that in mind is the reason that Orwell chose the year 1984 is because he wrote it in 1948. And he just ah. flipped those years around. Okay. It was published the year the year after in 1949. Ah. So that's how you can remember which of those is which. Interesting. And so, yeah, I, as soon as I saw a dystopian 1932 novel, oh, it's going to be Brave New World. Uh, yeah, Tempest. Oh, yeah, well, what a Brave New World that has such something, something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. This is Brave New World. And so it was. Question five asks us uh, effectively... Uh, which position did uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, and former Los Angeles Raider star Ray Guy play? Ray Guy is a punter. Was a punter, I'm sorry. He died last year. Mm. Uh, and that is too bad. Uh, he was the. He is still the only punter ever to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Wow. Is one of those things that Al Davis did with the Raiders that everybody was like, you, sir, <laughs> are completely insane. Uh, Ray Guy went on to go to the all, uh, to be selected for the Pro Bowl, I believe, eight times. He won three Super Bowls uh, with the Raiders. Uh, the, if not the greatest punter of all time, then he is on the Rushmore of punters of all time. <laughs> uh, and that's, I... I learned about him a long time ago, and I've always had a place in my heart for him, and he definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, and there should be more punters in there, more kickers generally, more special teams people generally, mm. but if there can be only one, then it might as well be right. This is just a thing I know, and if the question had simply been, what did Ray Guy do? I would have said he punted footballs to the goddamn moon. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, if there, <laughs> I get I get the feeling that the uh, Rushmore of punters is far down on the list of the ones they're actually <laughs> going to build. Yeah, someday. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, but uh, I had, you know, there's probably maybe in the back of my mind I may have read this fact at some point, mm -hmm. which helped me along to it. I'm not sure. I wouldn't place money on that. Um. What I did to get to this answer was think about what positions would be so, like, non-prominent 
that only one person mm -hmm. could stand out from yep. the rest of them so much Absolutely. that they would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And so that immediately had me thinking about kickers and special teams. Mm -hmm. um, I, I couldn't convince myself that like the, the one that seemed absolutely the least prominent would have been whoever holds the the ball for a field goal, extra point, you know, the, the place kicker kind of um, ball holder, which I guess is just the holder. You, mm -hmm. um, you know, we chatted a little bit about it mm -hmm. earlier today. Um, but I thought that's usually someone who has another job. There's nobody who specializes in just doing that as far as I know. Correct. Um, so I thought about, you know, people like, like kickers, just, you know, the people who actually score some points. And I figured there's got to be more of them in the Hall of Fame because they're actually scoring the points. So mm -hmm. that leaves me thinking, like, pretty much the only position that is virtually guaranteed to never do so is a punter because they're, you know, they're just kicking off the football or, you know, uh, kicking it uh, when it's, you know, fourth down. Um, and so they're not kicking it through any goalposts. Um they're not running it back for, you know, scoring purposes. There's only even a limited amount of strategy based on the punter's skill that can influence the game. Mm -hmm. Like there's you certainly definitely want to place the punts in particular places, but um it's, you know, that's that's about it. Like on a punt you want to try to get close to the end zone but not in the end zone you know the end that's that's most of it mm -hmm. um and so i thought that that would have to be it then if there's only one who was ever such an amazing punter that everybody sat up and take notice and went wow he should be in the hall of fame for you know punting <laughs> um that just kind of made the most sense to me out of out of any other position i could think of um because if, if I tried to think of any others, like, obviously there's tons of quarterbacks, there's tons of mm -hmm. offensive and defensive linemen, mm -hmm. there, you know, um, everybody else I'm sure has plenty of representation, but I figured maybe there could only be one punter. Yeah. And that was correct. Wow. Well done. Thank you. Question six asks us, what country, in what South American country is the largest lake Brocopondo Reservoir. Yes, and importantly, uh, it was previously known as Professor Dr. Ingenieur W.J. von Blomstein-Mir, which is an amazing uh, and difficult-to-remember title for a lake or reservoir. Um, and so uh, one of the, the happy things about this question is there are only, what, 13 countries, 15 countries in South America? Um, so it becomes, you know, much easier to kind of narrow down your options. I initially thought of Argentina because of all the German expatriates, let's say, um, who are, uh, who have settled there. Um, but that didn't quite sit right with me just because a country as large as Argentina, I feel like I would have heard of the largest lake in it. At some point, mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't necessarily name it for you right now, but if I saw it, I feel felt like this would click with me a little bit more. Like I'd have heard of it somewhere, um, and so I kind of re looked at the question, 
and figured that, you know, the name of the person after whom it was initially named must be important in some way. When I examined it closely, I thought Van Blomstein Muir sounds a lot more Dutch than it does German specifically. You know, Van versus Von. Um, Mir sounds like something that would, you know, M-E-E-R looks like a very Dutch um, spelling of a name to me. Uh, and so I kind of reapproached and I thought, would I necessarily have heard as much about the largest lake in Suriname, which is the kind of Dutch uh, former colony in South America? Um, and I thought, well, probably not, because it's a very tiny country. Um, I considered whether it was one of the other very small countries, uh, Guyana or French Guiana, which French Guiana is not even really a separate country from France. So I would felt like that would have a different uh, cast to the question. It might be called what overseas territory or, you know, something would have uh, indicated how it's not a right. separate country. Um, and so, and Guyana was a British, uh, much more of a British enclave or exclave or what do you want to call it? So I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure Suriname is the right choice here or at least it's the one that I can offer the best rationale for. For all I know, this could have been, you know, Chile, but I I don't have a better rationale to say so, unless I should have uh, heard before of the good Professor Dr. Ingenieur um, uh, prior to this question. So I ended up putting down Suriname. Uh, I... <laughs> Very nearly smarted myself out of this one because as soon as I saw the name, I thought, "Oh, this is a this is a Dutch name, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be somewhere that you know was a former Dutch colony uh, that, that they'd taken care of at some point." And so I immediately typed in South Africa, oh, and then went about my day as I usually do, getting ready for the day, um, getting the kids off to school, etc., having breakfast, sat down at my laptop and. Was uh, typing them again, and as I was, uh, as I tabbed into that field and started typing, I realized, oh no, wait, that's odd. I noticed there's South in the question, <laughs> so hmm, maybe I'm going to need to rethink it. Maybe it's going to be one of the other questions around there. Let me just reread this question again more carefully. Largest lake in what South American country? Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's not South Africa. <laughs> uh, so now I got to think about, well, what the, hell, what the hell is Dutch in? Oh, yeah, Dutch Guiana. That's Suriname, right? Yeah, that, that sounds right. Okay. Is there anywhere else around there it could be? Yeah, I feel like that's just pointing in one exact direction. Mm -hmm. That's just being very, that's giving you the one clue that's going to lead you into that one. Rule four, uh, Thorsten wants you to get it. Sure. If it's named after the, if it used to be named after this Dutch person and it still has a very kind of Dutch sounding name, Pondo, mm -hmm. um, then it's not going to be, you know, the largest one in. Uh, in Ecuador, just because that was the guy who found it. Sure. That's just mean is what that is. Um, at least not without some other clue. So Yeah. So I said Suriname, but I left off the E at the end. Ah. Because I don't know why. Well, I still consider that to be a correct answer. We'll see. I, I assume Thurston will as well. And I agree that to for it to be, for this name to be given... Especially as a former name, it's not the, um, you know, 
the current uh, the way that it's recognized, mm-hmm. there'd have to be some other thing out there in the ether that we should recognize the name from. Mm-hmm. And I have never heard of this this uh, clearly illustrious person. Yeah. Um, and and would have no inkling, you know, what in the world I should associate him with otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that that's uh, an appropriately structured question mm-hmm. so as not to be tricky and mean and, right. uh, and so forth. And so with all that said, check it out, y'all. We both beard it. We both beard it Yay. on Lucky Day 7. So... Uh, if we can ever get our beers open, finally, there we <laughs> go. Hear that? Uh, so that's the day. Yeah, that was a nice surprise to, and I must say, I was very surprised that I actually did beer it. Um, I was not really expecting to get the the football question right. Mm. You know, a lot of these were sort of very educated guesses. Um, yeah. Except for Fulton County, Georgia, where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, Disraeli. When that, when I as I was scrolling down after I after I answered, I was like, just please, don't be Gladstone. That's all I ask is just <laughs> not be Gladstone and you know Macintosh or some oh, like clearly Scottish name. That obviously, <laughs> it was so that was I was I was happy when I got that one. Yeah, yeah, I I started to feel better about it. Especially when I got down to the punter question, I thought, "Ooh, I think I might have it there." Yep. Um, definitely a set that I took a look at in the morning and went, <laughs> "I don't know," um, but it it all came together, you know, kind of as the the morning gets going, the blood gets circulating, uh-huh. and and things start to make their way out of the mists. Yep. So, I guess that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Um, can't do better than bearing it. So. Uh, tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. Follow Learned Lag with all the vowels on Blue Sky if you feel like it. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.